Hello and welcome to The Loudmouth. I'm your host Stuart Simpson and today we're keeping things real, delving into the world of documentary. Helping me tell fact from fiction today are Duncan Cowles and Hannah Curry. Thanks both for coming on the show. Hannah, would you mind starting us off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure, so I'm Hannah Curry. I'm from Glasgow. Um, I used to be a commercial producer for many years, mainly STV. But um, I always really wanted to get into documentary and, and to be honest, it was kind of a not really knowing how and a bit of a confidence issue. Um, but the niggle was kind of always there at the back of my head, like that's what I really want to do. So eventually I pursued that path and I now make directing film documentaries, mainly for TV um, and occasionally for clients. Yeah, so uh, I make documentaries, you know that bit already. Um, I went pretty much from school to college and, and did sort of TV production, learning how to like balance tripods and stuff like that. And then went to art college and did three years where I kind of specialized in documentary and then worked in the Scottish Documentary Institute for a couple of years um, on a bunch of like training programs and also bigger documentaries in different ways. And uh, then went freelance the start of 2015 no, the end of 2015, not that it matters, um, and uh, kind of have been making documentaries ever since. A lot of sort of my stuff is more kind of personal, like films or authored or films that contain the filmmaking process kind of as part of the sort of like device to tell the story, um, and they're quite self-aware in that way. Um, uh, but I can also make other types of documentary if uh, people pay me to do that so yeah that's that's kind of that's kind of me I like humor uh, sounds a bit serious when I say it like that but I quite like to have sort of like funny or unexpected or natural bits in my films that kind of are I like to think they're more real than like it makes it more real when you see like humor uh, well, Duncan, you you touched on it there. I mean, I was going to ask about your different approaches, and um, you, you t- I'll let you start as you you touched on your your approach there. Um, what sort of drew you to that approach, and uh, maybe elaborate a little bit more on what that approach is? You said you like sort of involving yourself. I think at first it was because everything I was making was a bit shoddy, and I wasn't very good at it. And when I was at college those bits were the bits that people really liked. Uh, everyone was sort of like the bit where you're making the guy up is better than the bit where you're doing the polished interview. Um, so I think that started my interest and I was like, why is it those bits are more interesting? And then it just kind of grew from there. And the more I kind of lent into that and allowed sort of me to be part of the story or the filmmaking process to be part of the story, the more people enjoyed the work I was making. And whenever I tried to do something that didn't have that, people weren't that interested in it. So so I've just kind of accepted that people want the sort of shambolic filmmaking thing that I do, uh, which is good because that's, that's, I mean, I, I do, it's sort of, um, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, it's my niche. It's, it's what people have come to kind of expect. Um, so, yeah. Did you ever try uh, like drama, or was it always documentary that interested you? Yeah, I tried it. I was rubbish. Um, <laughs> I wasn't good at at all, like directing actors and stuff. I like I've directed non-actors to see a script, 
and I, I thought that was all right because they were real people and they were kind of just sort of you know talking about sort of themselves but with a different name and things I've done that and that was all right but yeah I'm I'm, I'm pretty much reserved to just like doc documentary yeah or non-fiction I quite like calling it non-fiction because it sounds a bit fancier yeah sounds a bit arty and Hannah, what, what about you? What's your approach? I mean, you you do more than one style. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm I'm still I'm still finding my style and I'm still learning. But I think what I'm learning more and more is is to kind of be comfortable with what I'm really good at and to um to sort of be more comfortable as well with what you know I perceive myself to not be so good at. Um, because yeah, you're your own worst critic at times, and and the imposter syndrome can can come in, especially in documentary, because it can be quite a long and lonely journey making a film um so self-doubt does does creep in but for me um it's what really fascinates me is kind of the shared the aspects of humanity that we all share no matter where we're from um so you know i'm really fascinated by um sort of character strength of character people's sort of own uh, own i suppose attempts to make sense of this kind of crazy world we live in and try and find some sort of mutual understanding in that um I really like you know yeah well I want to change the world with my films I'm realistic about it but I want to at least promote kind of a uh, empathy and understanding for for I think quite a lot of the time we are taking people at face value we're not really understanding why people act the way that they act um and the more that I've really attempted to understand other people and, and not become sort of frustrated that they're not like me or they don't approach things that I do um the happier I've become and the more kind of uh yeah just that's just really interested in making the world a more tolerant place I think um I'm also totally yeah totally documentary I get asked about fiction at times and I just think there you know there's that stranger stranger than fiction thing and that that is reality like there there are so many stories out there that are a thousand times stranger than anything that, that anybody could ever write so i'm i'm fascinated by that like what's that person on on the bus's story or what's behind that door you know like i really want to know more about people and um, so that's kind of what drives me how do you go about sort of finding the content for your documentary Hannah? you said you're you're always interested in the stories that are happening all around you i mean how do you then narrow that down and go, this is going to be the subject of what I want to I want to pursue? My head is basically just like a, a maelstrom of just like a merry-go-round of thoughts and, and things. And it's it's uh, over-the-top crazy at times. Like I, I find it hard. <laughs> but I think it's when something really, really piques my interest or, or make me feel really strongly about something where I can't stop thinking about it or, or I have an emotion about it. I kind of feel well if this touches me in that way then maybe it'll touch other people too um so yeah I think it's it, it's that and it's also you know as Duncan says you do you do need money so you need other people to be interested in your ideas as well and um, you know for every idea that gets made there's probably another five or six that don't um and that's quite that quite common in our industry and it can be really frustrating especially if you really believe in it but um I yeah, I guess it's it's the things that I kind of keep coming back to that, that don't leave my train of thought. So you sort of 
you like to start with the idea and then you try and go and find a subject that will match that idea. Probably the other way around. It's probably normally I, I find that the person and then the idea kind of goes out of that. Um, but it can be, it can be, it can go either way. Um, you know, you have a, you have an idea that really, really moves you and you need to find somebody who can represent that. Um, but I do tend to follow quite personal human stories, so it, it normally is related to a, a character that I'm, I'm interested in. Duncan, how about you? How do you go about finding your subjects? I suppose a lot of them have been my own family, so I didn't have to go very far to look for them, but I'd, I'd say um, I try and like listen to like what I'm feeling inside, so like on a kind of emotional level, like what am I kind of where I'm at, where am, I, where am I at in my life and what am I feeling? Am I like feeling sad or am I feeling like, you know, intrigued in something specifically like communication within families or the environment? And I try and follow that into forming it into some kind of idea or exploration and then kind of work from there. So it's not necessarily the, the contributor doesn't necessarily always come first although sometimes it's pretty obvious like if it is you know i'm sad because my granny died it's like you know it's contributors my granny um so it's kind of like sometimes more obvious but other times um i've found people on the internet and thought they were interesting and then gone and filmed them um so it's yeah i've met people in all sorts of different ways or even just through friends you meet someone and you're like ah, oh, they're quite interesting and then i've filmed them a lot of those films don't end up going anywhere. Um, so the ones people have seen tend to be the family ones about my granny dying or whatever. But yeah, I do film all sorts of other people in different ways. Um, like I found a guy uh, who was really passionate about the environment and filmed him last year. And the film's not been made, but uh, you know, I just go, I just sort of rock up with my camera and film him for a bit. And that makes me happy. So, so what's your success rate in terms of things you film versus things you finish? I mean, I've done, like, I think if you look at, like, the CV, you know, you go, like, all right, Duncan's done quite a lot. He's done, like, a TV series. He's done, a, like, 10 shorts that have gone around festivals and all this sort of stuff, which is great. But, you know, that's over, like, 10 years. There's a lot of downtime uh, where things aren't going particularly well uh, or you're not getting funding and you're spending most of your time behind a computer trying to convince people to give you money and you end up filming some random stuff for money which actually can be quite fun sometimes filming random stuff for money but you know it's a it's a sort of um i don't know the exact percentage of hit rate quite often you film something and it doesn't actually go anywhere today but then in five years time something comes up and it ends up being suitable for that and it kind of then has a life in the future, which is a really weird thing. But um, yeah, it's a messed up, it's a messed up uh, life documentary. It's it's not an industry that functions particularly well, I don't think. Uh, it's not very sustainable. But um, I still kind of love doing it, and I know it's the right thing for me. So uh, yeah, I think you have to be a certain type of person to really want to do it. Do you know? If you do decide to make something based on a personal experience, is it better to do that while the feelings are fresh? Or is it better to give it some time? Both would result in something interesting. Uh, I don't 
I, I, I would say like I, I probably would prefer to do it closer to the time when it's actually happening or, or near it so that you can still feel these things and record them. So I, I, I sometimes say to filmmakers who are working on my personal stuff to really write down what they're feeling regardless of whether they imagine it being in the film or being in a voiceover, but just to capture those kind of raw thoughts and feelings as they're happening because it can, although you think you're going to remember stuff like and how it felt when you actually come to looking back, it's not necessarily as easy as, as you think it's going to be. And also just, I mean, I because I use voiceover a lot, I'll ramble into the microphone and how I'm feeling like regardless of whether it ends up in the film just to make sure I've caught the kind of rawness if, if possible because I think it's harder to recreate it's not impossible but it's harder to go back and work yourself up into that state and remember how you were feeling or whatever so um yeah but I would also say like if someone's going through I mean like I'm reasonably confident doing these, some of these things on my own but you can actually like get help with these things and reach out to someone else who's done a personal film or ask me for advice or someone who is can you can bounce stuff off you know like um because if you're working on something super personal for yourself I would, you have to be careful not to like lose yourself too much and actually have people you trust that you can send footage to for feedback send cuts to send proposals to and that sort of thing you don't have to do like although i do do a lot of stuff more i do have people that i collaborate with and speak to and bounce cuts off and um, I think that's quite important as well, just in case I, I don't want to give the impression like, uh, you know, lock yourself away for a year and don't speak to anyone. It's like definitely you might be doing a lot of the actual practicalities on your, your own, but you um, make sure to involve other people that you trust as well, because otherwise it can be quite, well, you're probably just going to make yourself feel even worse. So, yeah, I was going to ask you about challenges that you've made, and I know the number one challenge you guys are going to say is funding. I mean, is that is that? You know, has anything changed around funding for documentary or is it still the way it's always been? Yeah, I think it's just kind of, especially right now, you know, the, the industry is suffering much like um, lots of lots of industries are suffering and it's it's hard, you know, there's like a small pot and a lot of people that, uh, that want to do it and also a lot of people that are really deserving of doing it and telling those stories as well. But um, you also kind of come up against the challenge of who's commissioning these things or who's giving the funding and who who gets to tell those stories. Um, you know, and I'm sure we fare better than some other documentary filmmakers on on that. But um, yeah, I think the, the 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 funding and the keeping the motivation to do it as a career because it's only you know there, it's like it's highs and lows, it's big highs and 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 low lows. You know, like there's nothing on this earth like watching your film with a, a captivated audience or having somebody say to you that your film meant something to them that is like a feeling that I don't think I could match anywhere else and I think I'm a bit addicted to the feeling of kind of sharing uh, sharing stories talking to people like like you know just that's like my I love doing that um but yeah actually the opportunity to tell them the motivation to keep going when when it is a bit difficult and not to have that kind of thing creeping in of like what am I doing am I wasting my time am I being a bit of a you know I'm being unrealistic here like um those kind of creeping thoughts which can obviously really mess up the creative process when you're you know trying to get your head in the game um and I also think kind of that thing for me duty of care of contributors um with the kind of 
fact that you're making a film for an audience so ultimately you're making a product but with somebody that's real and has you know their own feelings and their own sort of perspective on on your handling of that um, and you've kind of got to keep both those parties happy and they don't always uh, they don't always like they don't always want the same thing you know like documentaries seem to be doing well from the outside I'm wondering if that's not necessarily translating to to everywhere is it just like a few big documentaries that are making people feel like it's doing well it's having this like massive renaissance, renaissance and has been for you know since like I think it was was it touching the void or something that, that was the first one that kind of box office and then you know those those big films are like can make loads but as far as I can see the streamer sites are having a really big impact because they've got loads of money to throw at and you know to throw at access and to throw at uh, filming but what you're getting is this really homogenous you know film um where only certain directors are kind of getting to access even you know like Netflix recently announced funding for new filmmakers and then pulled it because they they said that none of the films were actually Netflix, you know Netflix's kind of vibe. So they were. So somebody was due to get, I think, it was a million or two like, so for a Netflix production, and then they decided not to. And that for me, like that kind of attitude, when Netflix could a hundred percent afford to give that person that opportunity, like that attitude stinks. Like that, you know, how are we ever going to get fresh voices, new stories, if it's like, oh no, you're not doing it in our style. So actually, we're not interested. That to me is, is kind of killing the dog. Uh, I would say. I don't know if you agree, Duncan. There's lots of true crime documentaries, and there's lots of mm. documentaries about like famous people and stuff. But um, that to me seems to be like the stuff that's getting commissioned. There's less, um, yeah. There's less of that kind of creative authors documentary getting funded. You get di- directors like I think Kim Longinotto was recently like chatting about how she struggled to get her most recent film funded wow. and uh all this rejection you're like wow that, yeah that's one of the like the biggest <laughs> biggest names in documentary and um if she's struggling then we're all we're all going to be uh in, in a lot of trouble do you know um so uh it's just it's it's just really difficult and there's loads of content you know there's loads of content out there and there's loads of like people filming stuff and there's lots of people just trying it in different ways and i, I don't know it's 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 wild and people's definition of documentaries can be quite different you know what what i target as what i want to make as documentary is very different from what some other people think of as documentary it's like the like classic thing of like when you're at a family gathering or something and you've got some uncle who's like uh um i like all my uncles by the way i'm just uh you've got someone uh at a, a family gathering who's like oh you're, you're in a documentary is all right you know and then they'll go straight to like David Amber and the nature documentaries as a kind of go-to reference point. And I'm like, yeah, they're great. I'm like, it's not really what I'm doing, uh, but it's like, they're so different. You know, like a wedding film could be a documentary in some people's definition. I want to circle back a little bit to something uh, Hannah mentioned earlier on about how documentary filmmaking can be a bit solitary. Um, I think Duncan, it's kind of, especially in your work, it's kind of, you know, you're, you're doing everything on a shoot for for the stuff that you do um and you know almost the feeling of some of them is a little bit solitary <laughs> if that's okay for me to say deeply lonely yeah yeah it's yeah, yeah your your films duncan are deeply lonely how do you <laughs> feel about that i feel all right about it i mean i think i make them as a way to feel less uh isolated and uh i don't know if that works or not um i wouldn't necessarily prescribe it uh but i think 
yeah i mean when you're filming with someone and connecting with someone like if it's a contributor like that is like just such a unique thing that makes you feel like good and it's almost like a way of living by filming people and things and in my films talking about i suppose my feelings particularly in the more the last few years some of the shorts i've made is like it's a way for me to translate the pain that i feel inside into something and then kind of express it to the world and that makes me feel a little bit better so it i suppose it's maybe like maybe i'm using documentary as a tool rather than always as a sort of like form of entertainment but i, I try and like i try and make it interesting for an audience as well but a lot uh, yeah some of the things i make it's i'm making it because i'm i have to get it out you know um uh, in some form so yeah it's like a sort of therapeutic thing that i think does make me feel it makes me process things you know um other people would just go to therapy or do sort of like the, you know but I, I like to sort of do it in my strange strange kind of way is how i like to go about it it's weird i wouldn't i would, definitely wouldn't recommend it as a thing that everyone should go out and do it's um it's just what i have kind of fallen into doing but it is an isolating thing i'm sat on my own as you see me right now quite a lot uh, so it's yeah it's, it's tough tough going sometimes i mean hannah you're a, a little bit more collaborative i know that you don't tend to do everything on a, a shoot the way that duncan does um, do you still feel that it can be a sort of solitary endeavour, though, or...? Oh, yeah, big time. <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, it's great when you, you get a TV commission, you get a wee, a wee team with you, so I'll, I'll get to have an assistant or producer on it, that, I, and so I can kind of just focus on the, the filming and, and directing. But, um, I'm still kind of having to be a one-man band, you know, sound, film, direct, and just with the length of the projects and the nature of them, quite a lot of the time it does require me to be on my own especially when it's something quite sensitive um I don't yeah I don't mind the solitude of that so much I, I, probably it's just more that kind of development stage the uh, you know staying with ideas um but I think like the more that you reach out to people and, to and talk to people about them the better because usually they evolve and or they see something that you don't um so I'm really trying to to get better at doing that and I I definitely have missed i've not really since um the pandemic like gone to uh you know spent a, a lot of time at film festivals or kind of immersing myself back in that world and, and you forget how amazing that is to do because you kind of meet other filmmakers that are in the same boat and you feel part of this kind of really strange family um so so yeah I'm, I'm trying to to branch out more it can be really easy to kind of get stuck in your own head but it's it's definitely important to collaborate in some way in, in films i think just so you don't go crazy i mean it's like it's definitely not classes for me i find it the most stressful job so often i'll i'll be i'll hit that point that i'm just like why am i why am i doing this again and then you remember why you know and um yeah i, I don't know so i hope one day i'll get used to that um i haven't had it yet do you have any tips for aspiring filmmakers i do like sort of mean and i'm sure duncan does the same like facilitate workshops with um you know younger folks or or new filmmakers um, and we both mentor as well as part of the little picture scheme. Um, for me, like I always, I always try to kind of demystify the world of documentary and film a wee bit for people coming into it. Because for me, when I was trying to get into it, 
it was just like a brick wall that I, and it, it was so much that I, just, I didn't understand how it worked I didn't know how to get in um, I didn't really know what people were looking for you know in terms of so I'm always telling people like you need you need access to you know to something whether that's your own story or your own family or a character you need you, you want to have that secured you need that a story or a journey to follow it's, it's not enough to just you know follow an interesting but it's not enough to just be like I'm making a documentary about football you know you have to um you have to find the specific story and your start and your end and, and also um make other people <laughs> be able to see what you can see which is probably the hardest part is getting it down on paper um because quite often you, you you'll have somebody say oh this is my idea and people can't picture it um so those are things that I definitely struggled with at the start that I always try and kind of help people like skip that bit and get to get to kind of writing pitches or filming little pitches that are are going to hit the mark um rather than just kind of let people go all the way down that track um which which nobody is ever going to kind of pitch or pay them any attention because they just didn't know a few basics um so even though that stuff sounds like obvious um it really isn't to a lot of people you know who want to make make films and just having a bit of structure having the access that nobody else has those are things that will put you ahead of the game when you try to get something made uh well just to end then if we can um maybe talk about uh your favorite documentary moments that you've you've both worked on uh duncan how about you what's what's been your favorite moment favorite like moment like career documentary moment yeah the feeling I got when I first ever got a film into a film festival uh, was like, I remember how that felt. And I was like, it just filled me with like, someone has accepted my film and wants to play. And it was like a film I'd made kind of by accident with my mum and a lamp. And I had no idea it would screen anywhere. And I'd, I'd sort of sent it, um, posted it off with a check for five pounds submission to like Glasgow Short Film Festival and was like, oh, let's see what happens. And then when they, I got this email, I, thought, I was like, I thought like this was the best thing that ever happened in my in my entire life. And you know, on paper, I've done things that people might seem as more impressive and all that since. But it's uh, that feeling I got that first ever time. I remember exactly where I was sitting and how it felt. And uh, that doesn't necessarily happen now when I get into a festival. Like sort of sometimes you take it for granted and you're like, oh yeah, cool, and you're just sort of getting on with it. And actually, yeah you go back to that first ever moment it was like quite a pure sort of um pure feeling so that that would be it for me probably i love that film of yours as well thanks <laughs> for me it's a similar thing i think it's probably that moment of realizing that other people wanted to watch um, and were interested in the stuff that i was making because you know as as any like kind of artist or filmmaker you 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 constantly have those kind of questions of, of how it's going to be received and um and yeah when people respond really well to it so so my graduation film from so I, I basically went back to uni to do documentary and my graduation film was about a, a rapper that took his own life and I just as soon as I started to kind of engage with that um I don't like saying story when I'm talking about people's uh, lives but as soon as I um, I just had this like deep like thing within me like I needed to make this film and I really you know I, I like it was just my everything and um, so yeah when that started to get recognized and, and went on tv that was that was um huge for me and also 
I really felt great because the, the family wanted to raise awareness, you know, and, and for me, you know, kind of getting on TV was, was our best opportunity to, to get an audience and do that. And, and, and it won some mental health awards and yeah, that, that's been lovely. And, and yeah, awards are good. I like awards. <laughs> they, they, um, I think they tell you like, they, like I, I had a moment after that film where I made another film and I was so convinced, um, that I'd effed up the film basically. And I was just, you know, I started to go down to, oh, actually, you know, you're not a filmmaker after all, who did you think? And then that's on one about the Scotland spatter. Uh, and I remember like that night just being like, cause I was so, so wrong about, you know, like my headspace had just got into such a kind of dark place. I'd really convinced myself I was terrible. This was going to end, this was going to end the career before it had even started. Um, and I was obviously wrong about that because the response to the film was was amazing. So I think that was a reminder to me that you you know sometimes your your own kind of imposter syndrome is is the only thing that's holding you back, and, and you need to be able to let go of those kind of feelings because they're not always you know. And that's a perfect example of you know I I was really lonely during the process of that film and was kind of like so in my own head about it that I, I really lost. I really lost my sense of judgment and kind of everything was very clouded and yeah it was <laughs> a dark time to be honest so I uh, yeah that kind of was like I remember thinking like take this as a symbol that um you can do this um you need to believe in yourself um and stop with all the shit basically because it's not helping you you know you're only holding yourself back well thank you so much both for joining us today Duncan uh, if people want to reach out to you uh, where can they get you the usual sort of social media places, I guess, like DuncanKills.com uh, is the website, but uh, Instagram is uh, Duncan Kills and all, all of the other ones. There's no other Duncan Kills is in existence, so it's relatively easy uh, to find to find me. Really? Um, so, yeah, there's no other no other folk with my name in the world that I've found so far. There was a Duncan Van Kills in like the 1700s, um, but uh, yeah, there's. Uh, it's no one. So it's great for like social media, uh, great for SEO purposes. But uh, but yeah, it's just yeah that that generally you might see me wandering about the streets of Edinburgh looking miserable as well. But feel free to say hello. Yeah, I'm hannahcurryfilm.com, and I'm pretty sure that's got uh, links to my social media on it as well. Um, and you're better, yeah, messaging me on Instagram or something because that email on the website is a bit dodgy. Um, but yeah, you can find me. Thanks very much for listening to The Loudmouth. If you've enjoyed this episode, then why not subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or the podcasting app of your choice? You can find out more about us on the web at loudmouthfilms.com and you can find us on Instagram at We Are Loudmouth. We'll be back next month with another dose of creativity.